Give me the flats at dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yakangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. Good Monday evening, everybody. I am the host of the Monday Night Kickoff Show, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the man who can videotape and fish and smoke a cigar and narrate and probably cook lunch all at the same time, Mr. Pepe Vidal. What's up, brother? Hey, hey man. What's happening, man? It's all good, man, as long as that cigar does not turn off or get wet. You know, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we've been off for a couple of weeks. Um, kind of actually, uh, not going to lie, kind of actually enjoyed having a little bit of time away from the show. Uh, glad to be back. Glad to be back as always. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about Alan Ryland's epic uh, fishing excursion with Pepe and I. You know, we just did yesterday over in the Mosquito Lagoon, and, uh, you know, uh, we'll talk a little bit about offshore fishing. I know I got Justin Ritchie calling in at some point tonight to talk a little bit about offshore fishing. Uh, he's going to give us a good fishing report from fishing down around the Cocoa Beach area. And uh, we'll get some other things to get to. I know we've got uh, Alan's tournaments coming up soon. He's hosting, so we'll probably talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about finding fish right now in this heat if we have time. Not going to try and jam pack the show, you know what I'm saying? But uh, one of the things that we are going to start doing differently, and I kind of hinted at it on Facebook last week, I w we're going to try and uh, make the show a little bit more streamlined, and we're going to, you know, probably starting next week. I honestly, I've totally forgot, so <laughs> that's my fault. But uh, yeah, great job. So we're going to uh, we're going to try and make the show a little bit more streamlined and. The, the two of us, Pepe and I, share a few sponsors, and some of those sponsors are, are taking, making hints of maybe getting on board with us with, as the show itself. So um, we're going to start doing uh, little segments brought to you by so-and-so. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we've, we've been doing it a little bit brought to you by PowerPole. Um, that's going to continue. We've got uh, another manufacturer that might be interested in getting on board here shortly. So as uh as the time progresses we're going to have somewhat of a commercial spot kind of a break and then followed up by an actual segment whether or not we're talking about freshwater fishing in that particular segment offshore fishing um river fishing and or just you know just tackle in general um give those uh sponsors their their due and uh allow for them to get a little bit of publicity all at the same time sound good Sure, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, because we're all we're all very fortunate to be able to represent different manufacturers, and like I said, I, I'm going to try to do my best to for there not to be any kind of a conflict um, 
on on the show as far as you know mine and yours and yours and mine and whoever else calls in and that kind of thing. Uh, if there's a, if there's companies that we're both sponsored by that want to team up with us for the show aspect of it, then uh, you know we're gonna give those guys their due diligence as far as uh, or we're gonna do our due diligence as far as trying to give them the proper time allotted on the show to represent them. So with that being said. Oh man, what a couple of weeks I've I've personally had. Peppy, how, how have you been, man? You've been good. You know, you had the kid's birthday and everything. Yeah, man, it was a little crazy for a couple of weeks there. Um, you know, I didn't get to fish much. I had the kids, kids, uh, kids' birthday. Went to the Keys, you know, that kind of stuff. Did a lot of family things and everything like that. So, so yeah, it's been, it was kind of crazy. I actually, actually, I talked to Alan today. And um, we were talking on the phone about it. Actually, I, I had said that before. I go, man, I haven't, I haven't fished out of a kayak. I think it was like two weeks at least, at least two weeks since I fished in a kayak. And um, and then uh, Alan told me, he goes, yeah, man. He goes, uh, somebody somebody I talked to uh, yesterday or something like that, he goes, somebody asked me. He goes, man, has Peppy, even, has Peppy been fishing lately? <laughs> somebody asked him. Like, <laughs> but, um I, I yeah man I hadn't gone out in a while man just had so much stuff going on with family things and everything like that going on but you know what but this weekend um, actually yesterday's trip and everything like that man that 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 made up for it man <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was crazy um, I'm not gonna lie like I did not expect to see as many fish as we saw um, yeah. when we saw them. Uh, typically, you know, you guys know who are listening to the show. If you're down here in central Florida, you pretty much know the deal. Like it's going to be, it's going to be hot come around nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. It's usually almost miserable come 10 o'clock in the morning. And typically we get off the flats around 10, 10 or 11. You know, we start making our way out to deeper water or just going home because it's too stinking hot. We had fish cruising around us in what a foot and a half of water. Yep. If if yep, that. Put it in half. It's yeah. That. Uh, at like eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, still roaming around looking for stuff to eat on the flats. I mean, like not one or two fish. Like every three feet, there's a fish. Like I'm almost not even exaggerating, am I? No, you're not. It's, it's crazy. It's it was crazy. I mean, tailing fish at what eleven. 11 o'clock in the morning, something like whatever, yeah. somewhere around that time. I mean, it was hot already, and there are still fish tailing around that time. Fish cruising the flats like you're saying. I mean, we were just standing up, fish pulling around, and it was crazy just seeing the amount of reds that were just cruising around, you know, uh, at that time in the morning. It was It was really amazing to see. And quality fish. Yeah. You know, and I mean, when you're when you're sitting there and, you know, uh, Wade and I were out in some deeper water and we were coming back. And uh, before we got onto the flat, we were catching we were picking up little trout in this deeper pocket. And then uh, I had one real nice trout, about, uh, probably about 25, 26 inches or so up next to the kayak. And it ended up breaking me off. I, I did the cardinal sin of not uh, broke the cardinal rule, I should say, of not retying my leader as much as I probably should have. And uh, not that I caught a lot of fish, but I probably haven't changed that particular jig head out in probably four or five fishing trips. So <clears throat> I ended up getting just one red, 
about 21, 22 inches on the back side of an island. I found him uh, hanging out in some really, really thick grass, um, floating grass. He was kind of tailing around the grass. And then uh, a couple small trout, and then I saw Wade, like I say, got on a decent trout. And then, anyway, so we're coming back over towards you guys. It was uh, you, Alan, and uh, Vicky Saley. And I look over. And Alan's doubled up, and I see you've got a you've got your uh, video camera on him. And I was about to yell like, "Don't let it whoop you" or something like that, because you know <laughs> I've seen a lot of slot fish. And then I see the thing kind of break the surface and kind of shake its head a little bit, and I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's not a 21, 22 inch fish, man. That's a, that's a, that's a good fish." So as I'm getting closer, I hear, yeah, as they get closer, I hear you asking them the questions, you know, like, well, what'd you get it on? You know, what kind of rod is that? You know, the typical stuff that we do. And uh, then it pulls it up alongside the kayak and I'm like, good night. And then you tell me he caught it tailing like a 30, that, that fish had to have been upper, up over 35 inches, 35, 36, 39, oh, yeah. somewhere in there. Yep. It, and it was Chuck, tailing right I'm in front of that, him, right? Yes. That fish, I was... 20 yards away from Alan, me and him were just cruising, working the same flat, me and him. Since we could see it, it was so clear, the water, the visibility was so great that me and him were just cruising side by side pretty much, just checking out the same area. And all of a sudden, he, I hear him, he just, was, he, he just yelled out, tail. And when I, when I hear him say tail, I look up and I don't see anything, but he's telling me where he's pointing with his rod over there towards that area. And I'm looking and all of a sudden, this big broom just popped out of the water, and <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "Oh my God!" You know, it's one of those tails that when you when I saw it, I knew it was a big fish when I saw that tail come out. And sure enough, man, there's nothing more beautiful than that. And I just sat there now, and I just sat there and just watched him. He threw that lure right there, right in front of that, right across that fish, and worked it right in front of the fish. And as soon as he worked it right in front of that fish, I saw the big swirl. Ooh, you see the big swirl and everything like that, man. It was, it was just. It was nice to see that, you know, to see that kind of stuff happen like that. And, yeah. And, yeah, it was it was one of those days, man. I, I, had, I had the same thing as you, Chuck. Uh, yesterday, uh, I told you, early in the morning, I hooked up to a big red, something over 30-something inches e- easily, big red, hooked that fish up, started screaming drag. He started taking my – started taking – Taking, taking line on me and everything like that. Next, you know, the hook just pulls out, you know, just pulled out. I don't know what happened, whatever. I was, I was mad when that happened, everything like that. Whatever, kept on going. Then later on again, I started using, I, use, I was using the same rod with the same bait that I had used the prior day that I had thought to snook on Chuck. So huh. you know what happens, just like you were saying, when you catch snook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That leader, I caught another big fish. I had another big fish on. The leader just snapped. And there you go. That's me not changing out that leader. I had caught two snook uh, yesterday or, or Saturday, and that's what did it right there. I'm sure it was. You know, that leader, that leader snapped when I had that big fish. So, you know, but I ended up catching another red. So I'm all right with that. Not a big one like you. It was like 21, 22-inch red. So I caught that red, um, and then I caught that monster trout. So so I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. 
And then Alan proceeded to put on a clinic yesterday. Alan, who, and he admits it, sometimes he ends up on the other side of those types of scenarios where we're whooping the fish and he's struggling. Hence my my photobomb attempt (laughs) because I wasn't doing nothing yesterday. (laughs) Nothing to be proud of anyway. Um, I mean, the only fish that I caught that would have been worthy of a picture might have been that little red because he had a couple extra spots on him, but um, that trout that broke me off would have been okay, I guess. But um, Alan put on an absolute clinic. I mean, I was pulling next to him at one point, and he stopped. And uh, let me let me go ahead and break and, and, and bring this up. Okay, you guys all know I've got a power pole for my Hobie PA, and everybody knows that Peppy's got a power pole on his Slayer Propel. I have a power pole. My power pole was not rigged up uh, the way that I wanted it to be rigged up to take it out to do what we were going to do because I was kind of kind of jerry-rigged it just to get it to work. Well, I got the um, I got the new uh, uh, power kit from Hobie for the power pole uh, in the shop the other day. So I, I'm in the stages of putting that thing on as we – well, not as we speak because I'm doing the show, but, you know, tomorrow it will be all done. I'll be finished up with it, whatever. Not having the power pole, okay, and watching two guys fish with a power pole on the back of their kayak, <laughs> on the flats, is has got to be the most frustrating thing I think I've ever, I've ever done on the flats. Hands down. And I, listen, this is in no way, shape, or form a power pole commercial. <laughs> this is just, this is an honest representation of how much that that one piece of equipment makes such a difference. So in the morning, we're out there. Wind was blowing pretty good, actually, in the morning. First thing in the morning, it was it was pretty breezy, was it not? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it, it was it was pretty, pretty, you know, it, yeah, it was pretty windy. I mean, for a while, too. Stayed that way yeah, for a while. It was pretty stiff. And so uh, we we get over to this area. And there's absolutely tons of bait, just tons of bait, finger mullet, perfect finger mullet, just everywhere. And in between the finger mullet and around the potholes, you'd find a redfish or a big trout or whatever. And Alan and I are pulling next to each other. All of a sudden, he stops dead where he was at, like just just done, stops. And I watch him (laughs) cast at a fish, hooks the fish, lands the fish, whatever. A few minutes later, after we get some pictures and whatnot, I go, to, I go to do the same thing. I see a fish. I go to put my push pole down on my H-bar, which works perfect, by the way. And uh, I can't stop. I can't stop. I'm getting blown backwards, like, quick. So in the short time that it takes me to lay my push pole down in the G-hold that I have from Yakut- uh, whoa, <laughs> Railblazer, um yeah that that was that was almost bad uh in in the short time that it took for me to do that and reach over and and pull out the rod from the rod holder i was probably blown backwards 15 20 feet which doesn't sound like a lot but yeah that's a lot when you're when you're casting into the wind so every attempt that i try to make of getting up closer to these fish, stopping myself and casting to them, 
was almost for naught. So finally, at, at one point, I just got frustrated getting blown all over the place. So I decided to go look for some protection. And that's when I kind of shot off, went between those two islands, hoping yep. that there was a fish inside those two, between those two islands because the water was just like slick calm. Well, I get over in this area, and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I see some movement over in the grass, and I go over there. And, you know, it's typical, wasted time on a catfish. And then you see some more mo- movement over on the other side. So you pull all the way across the other side. And there it is again, Mr. Ki- Mr. Kitty Cat. And I'm like, all right, enough of this. So I'm pulling my way out of between the two islands, and I get up to the corner, kind of the corner of the flat around the, I guess it would have been the north, the northeast side of the island. And I look over, and there's a giant clump of grass on the surface. But there's good depth of water on the one side, right? So you have really skinny water on the back side of the grass and probably two, two and a half feet of water on the other side of the grass. So there's a nice break right there. So I'm thinking, well, hell, if there's going to be a fish sitting somewhere, he's probably going to be sitting there, right? I mean, it's a good spot for him to be. He can come and go as he pleases up and down off the side of the deal. So anyway, so I'm sitting there, I'm watching, and the tail pops up. A beautiful coppery orange, little bit of blue to it, tail pops up, waving right at me. So I'm like, oh, finally, here's my shot. I'm not getting blown all over the place. I'm sitting pretty much completely still. Pick up the spinner rod. I'm like, you know what? Nah, I'm going to get him on the fly. So I grab the fly rod, which, by the way, if you're a fly fisherman or you think about, or you're thinking about getting into, a fly, into fly fishing, Make sure that you have your fly rod ready when you're on the water to throw so that so as that you don't have to try and string your fly line through all your guides and get it all prepared and tie a fly on and waste all that extra time. Because in the time that it took me to do all this, this redfish tail has popped up and dropped down and popped up and dropped down probably, what, maybe five, five <laughs> ten times. And then finally, I get the fly tied. I use, I use uh, a pair of boomerang snips to snip the, the line, the tag end. And I look up for this tail because he's been sitting pretty much in the same spot for, I don't know, five, ten minutes. Happy-go-lucky, just tailing. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. And so uh, the lesson learned here is <laughs> if you don't see him, don't stand up. Because as soon as I stood up, this fish was like literally two feet off the bow of my PA, just sitting there. But I couldn't see him for the glare for the glare in the water because I wasn't wearing my sunglasses at the time. I couldn't see him there. So as soon as I stood up, it like flipped me the fin and shot off in in, in a hurry. Which then in turn he must have drummed or did something because then in turn all of these pushes started to come off the flat yeah. and race towards the deeper water. So he alerted all his buddies, and I'm frantically, like, now I just drop the fly rod in the boat, I grab my spinner rod, I'm casting like crazy, and I finally pull one out of the, out of the group. And, uh, but that, I mean, it was entertaining. So going back to Alan putting on a clinic. So I come around the corner of the island, meet up with uh, Wade. We go on over. We found Alan and Peppy and Vicky. That's when Alan got that fish that we were just talking about that was tailing. Alan releases that fish, and so he's got two reds now for the day. 
No, sorry. He's got two reds for the day and that and that twenty nine inch trout because he had caught that trout while yep. I was off on the other side of the island. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I I looked down at my watch and I'm like, crap, I gotta go because I have to get back to the truck, load up the kayak, get to the shop, open up the shop, and it's right after eleven o'clock, like maybe eleven o five, whatever. And so I start to haul butt for the for the the truck. Well, when I leave. After I leave, I get back to the shop. I get a phone call from, from Alan telling me, dude, you missed it. I caught, what did he catch, two more upper slot reds? Oh, I mean, two more over slot reds? Yeah, two more over slots after that, yeah. Right, and then you got you yep. got your fish then too, right? Yeah, I ended up catching my big trout after that too, yep. Right. Yep. And so Alan caught three redfish, all mid to upper 30-inch range, and a 29-inch trout, and a slot size red about 24, 25 inches, all on artificials, all on the same bait, yep. a pearl yep. white SSB rigged on a weedless hook, right? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly what he cut it on. So, yep. you know, I... I've, I've been talking to a lot of guys who come into the shop and they've been telling me, man, there's fish everywhere, big fish everywhere. Can't get them to eat, can't get them to eat. Oh, I threw a piece of crab at them and they ate that. These fish, here's the thing. These fish will take those, those under 40-inch fish will routinely eat plastics if it's something that looks like what it is that they're after. It's when they get yep. to that like 38, 39, and 40-inch range where it seems that they start to kind of sh- – shy away from the plastics a bit would you agree yes i definitely agree yep and to me that that 30 that 29 to like 35 inch fish is probably one of my favorite fish to catch because they pull so freaking hard and they're aggressive and they're quick they're still fast you know a big 50 inch redfish yeah they pull real hard you know, they'll they'll burn some drag, but usually one run they're done. You know, those those twenty exactly. nines yeah, those twenty nines to like thirty something inch, thirty five, thirty six inch fish, those things are awesome. So yep. kudos to Alan putting it on us. That's yeah, awesome. It was, man. It was uh yeah, it was it was uh it was one of those things that was funny though, because I was using I'll tell you right now, early in the morning, I was using uh chicken off the chain I was using the Slayer Chicken Off the Chain SST. Mm-hmm. And early in the morning when there was not a lot of sun still, it still wasn't real bright outside or anything like that, and I was actually doing pretty good with that. You know what I mean? I did catch that, 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 that smaller red. I lost that one big one that I lost on that. Um, but then I, I, I did have quite a few times that I would see fish swimming, I mean, upper – these were upper slot to over slot reds, easy casts, you know, easy. These are easy fish to target. I mean, I was seeing them, perfect casts, put it in front of their nose with the chicken off the chain and nothing. They would swim right by it. Several times this happened. I'm sitting there going, good God, what do I have to do in order to make this, these fish eat? It's like, what's going on? And at the same time, and then here's Alan hooking up fish on, you know, if he has another over slot fish. And I'm sitting there going, what the heck am I doing wrong and stuff? It's like, and all of a sudden I go, Alan, what are you using? And Alan tells me what he's using. When I saw what color he was using, I saw exactly what he was using. 
reached into my tackle tackle box there, grabbed the same exact one that he's using. I even showed it to him. I pulled it out. He goes, is this what you're using? He goes, yeah, that right there. And I go, okay. Slap that baby on. Chuck, not even five minutes go by, I think. And that's when I hooked that big trout. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah. Sometimes, it, dude, that's it's just, what it is. It, it's just one of those things. I even talked to Chris Sensi yesterday. We were talking a little bit about it. And we were talking about the bait that we were using, that Alan was using. And he, he, and he couldn't believe, in a way, he sort of couldn't believe that we were using that color. He goes, man, you guys are using that color? And that's yeah. what the fish were getting. And I go, yeah, that's it, man. I mean, what can we tell you? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I've told I've told Sensi a couple times, that pearl white, I mean, I haven't caught a lot of big reds on it, but I've caught a lot of big, big trout on pearl white. And I've told him that a few times. He's like, I can't believe you catch those fish on pearl white down there, man. It doesn't make any sense, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, yeah, Una Moss, uh, Andrew Mixon's in the chat room asking about Procure. So, yeah. one of the things, so, yeah, I, I threw a uh, Banks Flats Creeper in Trey's Molting Minnow, which is named after my son, by the way. Pretty awesome. I threw that rigged weedless on a 5.0 um, Slayer hook. And it's got a nice hook slot down the center of it. I opened up that hook slot and filled that thing full of pro gear. <laughs> yeah. I, was so, I was so frustrated, man. I was just getting so pissed because I'd see so many fish and throw at so many fish, and they just swim past the lure like it wasn't even there. I'm figuring, that's it. I'm going to start dead sticking this thing out in front of them. You yeah. know? Just drop it and leave it and forget about it. And... um. I actually I actually caught a few decent trout. They would have been keepers. A few decent trout on it. Got one small jack on it. And uh, I think what I had on was a ladyfish at one point, but none of the reds wanted to play uh, with the with the flats creeper and the procure for whatever reason. Um, that combination. Maybe it was just that I was I was pissed and I was throwing horrible casts and pegging them in the head, or I don't know. But the uh, the, the Procure typically does the job for me if, in, a, in a pinch if I need it. And uh, Justin Ritchie says, you need to always have Procure on your fingers to be successful. That's the cardinal rule. So next time I go out, I will, I will rub my hands in Procure and, and squirt it on the line and everything. <laughs> because I'm telling you, man, it was, it was a bit of a frustrating day for me. But at the same time, I must say it had been a while since all of us had fished together and it was fun fishing with Vicky. And for those who've never fished with Vicky Saley, she has got to be one of the funniest people to fish with when she misses a fish <laughs> because she is just, she is such a sweet lady. She loves us all. We love her like, like, you know, family, but boy, she misses a fish. You would, you think she, you think there's some sailors out there. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it, 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 and you can hear it from a ways away, like, like Wade trying to talk to you with his back to you as he always does. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. can hear Vicky screaming, just pissed, you know, and she did work on a couple of fish. She caught, she caught a couple of nice fish uh, herself too. So um, all in all, great day, beautiful weather. Couldn't, couldn't ask for anything better. I think we, 
the group of us, the wolf pack, so to speak, I think we have a, a pretty good idea of where we're going for the tournament, <laughs> rounds tournament. Um, if, if it holds true and those fish are there like they were, I mean, it's, that'd be a pretty good spot to go for sure. But yeah, yeah. Fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. But yeah, watching you and Alan work that power pole and, and being able to stop on a dime and not have to fuss with extra equipment and just push a button. I was, I was definitely jealous. I didn't have mine hooked up. So. Yeah, it's, it, it's, uh, yesterday proved out of all the days that I've fished with that power pole, out of all the days that I've done it so far, yesterday was the day that I'll tell you that power pole really, it really came in handy yesterday. Like you said, that wind was blowing in the morning. And when we were working that area, you know, working that area that we were working with that wind, there were tails that were popping up. And when tails were popping up, Chuck, I didn't, you know, I was not going to get pushed into those tails. Right. So I was just dropping that power pole straight down. It was stopping me on a dime. I mean, right there, right there on the spot. I mean, it really, really came in handy yesterday. It really did. And, and I mean, it, and it's so convenient. I mean, it really is. I mean, to think, you know, all those times that we're taking pictures of Alan, I'm taking video of Alan, all this stuff. I need to get next to his kayak, all this stuff. Dude, I just go over there and park myself where I want to be and just push a button, and I'm stopped. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it is so convenient. I mean, it really is. I mean, I talked to another guy today who was buying a powerful. He was buying a powerful. Some guy on the West Coast, he was buying a power pole today, and and he was asking me about it. And I go, dude, I go, it's no hype. I'm telling you, you will love this thing. If you fish the flats or anything like that, you will definitely love this thing. It's no hype at all about it. This thing is the real deal. I mean, it, it, it's gonna, it, it, it just makes that much of a difference out there when you're fishing. It really does. I mean, yeah. I mean, now that I've used it a few times, I mean, it really is a handy tool. It's it's one of your most I actually find it as one of my most important tools out there right now for fishing, the way it works. Right. And see, when I came back from ICAST last year in July, and I got on the show, and I told people about the things I saw out there in Vegas, and I said probably one of the coolest things that I saw while I was out there was the Power, power Pole Micro. And I caught so much flack from everybody about, are you kidding me? You're going to put a miniature power pole in your boat, blah, 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 blah. I told people, look, man, wait till you see it. Wait till you use it. I'm telling you, this is going to change. This is going to change the way people fish the flats. And it most certainly will. So there you go. There's a little plug for, for, for power pole for sure. I mean, those guys, and not to mention the fact that their customer service is incredible, but you know, you guys will find that out on your own. And when you start doing business with them, they're great people, but Anyhow, we've got uh, we've got Justin on the line. We're going to go to Justin here in just a minute. I'm going to hit a real quick little commercial spot for Bonefish Tarpon Trust, and when we get back, we'll talk to Justin and uh, see what's going on in the offshore waters over here on the Space Coast or maybe over on the West Coast. You never know with that guy. He's kind of all over the place, so uh, he's a fishing nut. So we'll get to Justin in just a second. You're listening to the Monday Night Kickoff Show here on Kayak Fishing Radio. Give me the flats of dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod and get ready for some magic. Awesome eat! I got one! 
Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Pouring myself another delicious cocktail in my Yeti Rambler that has held ice now. It still has ice in it. It's held ice now since when? When I put ice in it. I put ice in it yesterday, last night at 11 o'clock. <laughs> and it still has ice in it. Uh, and uh, the beverage in the container. Tonight's unofficial beverage is brought to you by Doug over across the street from me. <laughs> Appreciate it, Doug. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Justin Ritchie. What's up, guys? <laughs> yeah. Love the enthusiasm, Justin. What's up, man? There, that's better. What's going on, brother? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh had a good weekend just hanging out with the family, trying to get everything ready for Father's Day. It's going to be another offshore kind of weekend coming up if the wind can lay down. So, um, yeah, this is my favorite time of the year. From right about now all the way through mid-October, uh, I wait for this all year long. Tarpon season is my favorite thing to do from a kayak, hands down, over fishing the flats, getting big snook near the mangroves. Like, I would turn all that down for a chance to go off the beach and get a couple of really big tarpon. That's, I, I live for that. That's, that's what makes, you know, this so special for me. Um, back in August of last year, I got my first one out of the kayak. And since then, I've decided, you know, I really want to make just uh, an awesome video of going out there and kind of, you know, putting the whole compilation together of what it's like, launching off the beach, getting into the pogey pods, finding rolling fish, finding, you know, threadfin getting busted out in like 40 feet of water and just try to recreate that. And I was finally able to put together a little video segment um, of what the weekend was like. But it's a hot topic. A lot of people talk here and there about going down to Pompano and I love fishing down there too. I need to I need to invest in a fish finder because sometimes you can really just be fishing blind if you don't have that. But here we're really lucky to have uh, just an abundance of bait everywhere from from now all the way through. Sometimes even into December and January, you can find literally hundreds and thousands of pogies right off the beach. Uh, you can call them a bunch of different things. We call them pogies. Menhaden, uh, Atlantic, uh, what are they, Bunkers? I think Bunkers yep. is what some people call them. Yep. Um, they're everywhere. They're the perfect size. They're like between five and eight inches long. Um, and everything eats these, these pogies. You can get kingfish within 20 to 40 feet, you know, deep, like half a mile to a mile off the beach. Big tarpon cruise by, really, really big jacks, like 25, 30-pound-plus jacks come by. Uh, Cobia will pop up every now and again. It's every big fish guy's dream just to easily go out off the beach and kind of see what's going to bite. 
So anybody out there that's wanted to take advantage of, um, you know, getting out and seeing what's going to bite that's going to be, you know, bigger than the biggest redfish I've ever caught in the lagoon, now's the time to do it. Uh, that weekend was, I don't know, a couple weekends ago, I, I fished both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I went out with my friend Adam Wiggins and got there early, launched off the beach, found a big pot of pogies right off the beach. Um, as, as Alex had demonstrated in the seminar uh, a little over a week ago, you can throw your net from the side of a kayak. You're showing his crazy ninja skills of throwing it off the side. Now, I didn't bring my net with me, but if you have a little J-hook or a treble hook or even uh, just a regular sadiki. These pogies are so thick that you can actually snag them one by one from the school and put eight or ten of them in your five-gallon bucket behind you with a little aerator. Uh, it's really simple. They're super hardy bait fish. Just get eight or ten of them and then head way out off the beach. And you, the things we were keying in on are you want to try to find these big pods of thread fins that are going to be a mile to a mile and a half off the beach. They're way, way off the beach right now. A lot of people think, um, you know, when you're trying to find tarpon and jacks and whatever else is out there, you find the bait pods and you're always looking for fish that are busting the pods. Well, they might not always be busting the pods, and you might not see, you might not see a single rolling tarpon the whole day, but they're there. These fish travel in highways a highway of about 20 foot or 30 foot of water or 40 feet of water. you got to find out what the highway is that these fish are heading north on and just try to, you know, make an imaginary line and say, okay, these fish are kind of heading, you know, in this direction and they're from about here to here. I'm going to stay within this zone and drift around for a while. Um, the first first fish we got, I got, I wasn't anticipating it. I We weren't seeing any rolling fish. We saw a bunch of bait. Just kind of cruising around. Uh, I had had a, a stinger rig set up. So those of you guys that, that out there that might not know, stinger rig um, with a lot of kingfish off the beach, you want to run a little trace of wire with uh, just a small J hook and then a treble hook. So you hook through your main hook through the nose of your pogie and you hook your your treble hook through the back just ever so lightly. Um, so if a kingfish comes by, you won't get you know bitten off. So we were just kind of moving around, hoping there'd be a king nearby, and I get slapped, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, I got a fish on. It didn't take but two seconds, and I have a 70-pound tarpon in the air. And uh, for avid tarpon guys, you know, you don't usually think about fishing for tarpon with wire. It's, you know, they're they're pretty smart animals. They don't get to be 80 and 100 pounds plus by just eating whatever. But at the same time, when they're hungry, it, it doesn't matter. They're going to eat whatever they want, live or dead, be a shoe. Like if they were that hungry, they'd probably eat a shoe on a sticking ring. They, they, he just didn't care. So went one for one that day. Came back, went out again on Sunday with my friend Austin. Uh, could not find a single pogie to save our lives, and that was the first time I've ever um, had a really hard time finding bait off the beach. Is you know for days and days and weeks you can find these pods right off the beach and they'll stay still forever for the whole summer season, even when it's rough out. So it didn't make sense to go one day, and there's pogies everywhere. You go the next day, same spot, same conditions, not a single one to be found. That's, that's not a fun day <laughs> when you start and you can't find any bait and you're moving around and you're trying to pedal 
like a mile south and a mile north, and you're sweating, and it's like, oh, my God, I need to find the pogies. Where the hell did they go? But uh, a friend of mine, Chris Cameron, runs Fired Up Charters. He was out that day, and he, he threw me eight or ten of them and threw Austin a couple because he found them inside of a port. Um, went out again, same area, really far off the beach, and got another one, about 100 pounds. I guess what I have to say for every, everybody out there that wants a chance to try this, the biggest things you should look for when you're getting out off the beach, pick a day with a west wind. If you're heading out off of Playa Linda or Preco Beach or straight out of Cape Canaveral and you want to hit the buoy lines or you want to just go right out off the beach and try your luck at whatever, uh, west wind days. Literally, you could have a 24-hour turnaround. Just when you have a day with a west wind, your, your breakers, the waves right there where you're launching, are really, really low. You know, you can easily go out in water that's not even breaking to your waist a lot of days. Get in, paddle straight out, and it's usually smooth sailing the whole day. Um, also, a lot of people ask me about tackle. Anytime I put a video up or I put a picture up, they say, what were you fishing with? Like, how heavy was your tackle? You know, what line are you using? Um, it, it depends. I got my first tarpon on this straight 30-pound mono with wire. And... Brought that fish both side in 10 minutes. And then the next day, I, I usually fish with a pretty long rod. A, a standard rod could be 7 to 8 feet long, a heavy stick. Like it's, a, it's a 15 to 30-pound glass rod or heavier, uh, an 8,000 size reel. And I, I run about 50-pound braid all the way to 60 or 80-pound leader. Um, it really just depends on what you're comfortable with in, in a kayak. It's going to be more convenient to have a shorter rod. Um, believe it or not, like a like a Travala, a Shimano Travala jigging rod is an excellent rod to go for tarpon because it's short, it's got enough power behind it, you can get a good cast on it, you can put a lot of pressure on your fish when it's straight down below you. So I personally prefer fishing for tarpon out of my Hobie than doing it from a boat for a couple different reasons. One, you sneak up on fish a lot easier. Everyone out there off the coast is, they're idling their motors, they're kind of drifting around, they're doing like a little light trolling, and they're running their outboard. And sometimes that's that's not going to work for you. These fish will kind of scatter around. They're not going to be, you know, they're going to be a little wary if you've got your motor running. With a Hobie, you can just, you pedal. You pedal, you know, three to five times faster than somebody in a trolling motor on their boat. So if you see a rolling fish and someone's running their trolling motor and they're trying to catch up to the pod rolling fish, you just you pedal right. It is the best thing ever, having pedals off the beach, having your hands free, being ready to cast a rolling fish. It's, it makes life so much easier to have that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's definitely something that we all need to take advantage of before the summer's over. I, I always try to make myself free and encourage everybody that wants to go out and do that. Shoot me a message. Give me a call. Like it's, you know, it, it's something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life, and I can't wait to take my kids to do it someday. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely neat if if you've never tangled with a a tarpon that's well anywhere in the sixty to one hundred and fifty pound class range from a boat or from the, from a pier or any other, you know, form of fishing, if you've never done it at all, 
doing it for the first time from a kayak will be uh, awe-inspiring. <laughs> well, I guess that's probably the best way to put it. The first time you see one come out of the water and do his tail walk or do his backflip or just, just leap from the water, your heart will literally either stop beating for a second or race because it, it, it's it, – I'll never forget the first one I caught from a kayak, the big one off the beach. My first big one off the beach was about probably, I don't know, 80, maybe 90-pound fish. And, uh, dude, I was out there all by myself, which obviously you guys hear me preach all the time. Do not do it. That's stupid. Never go by yourself. Always find a friend. If you can't find a friend, then don't go, Um, just for safety purposes. But I was off of Patrick Air Force Base working behind the uh, Coquina Rocks. They were they were in there thick, blowing up on pogies. And that's the other thing. If you've never seen a fish of that size destroying a bait ball, it is probably one of the coolest things you'll ever watch. So got hooked my fish. He went up airborne right away, and, and I, I about soiled my drawers. Because <laughs> I, I knew I was in a... I was in a, in a, in a um, what boat was in? I was in a uh, Heritage Redfish 14 before Native took them back over or whatever. I was in a Heritage Redfish 14 in tan color, sitting just being drugged through the ocean with, with, by this giant tarpon. And uh, by far at the time, the biggest fish that I ever caught on a kayak, by far. And uh, just run line, coming out of the water. And then when you get them close... I think is that that's probably to me, probably to you too, Justin, when you get them close, that to me is probably the most exciting part because you don't know if that fish is going to come up to the surface, grab a big gulp of air, shoot out of the water, jump over the top of your head, smack you out of the boat. You have no idea what that fish is about to do. When he's out away from you, you could care less. He's dragging you, you know, he's coming out, he's doing his flips, he's doing his, his jumps, he's digging, he's, he's running for his life. When he's right there and you got color and you can see him, and now it's like, okay, now I got to get my hands on him. It's time to, you know, man up, basically. That, that's, that's a pretty, for the first time, that is a pretty uh, humbling experience when you go to reach out for that fish's mouth for the first time and never had done it before on such a big tarpon. And normally what happens is that the first time you grab a hold of one, it, 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 it whoops you. He owns you. Like, he makes you understand, yeah, I may be lighter than you, but I'm going to thrash around and basically rip your arm out of its socket. <laughs> that's, oh, at yeah. least that's what happened to me. I mean, what's your experience with that? Um, well, for anybody that goes out and does it, the first time you hook a tarpon and you see it jump out of the water, it is going to be everything that you dreamed it would be. It's going to be that picture perfect of, oh, my God, this majestic jump or even if it doesn't clear its whole body out of the water, it's going to be exactly the way that you pictured it would be, or even better. My first one I saw, I swear to God, I saw it in slow motion. <laughs> I could have swore yeah. the fish was in the air for a good eight seconds. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around how effortlessly this fish can come five, ten feet out of the water, no problem, and can clear, you know, clear over everything. Crazy is, you know, yeah, you, these fish are incredibly unpredictable. Usually when you get a red boat side or a trout boat side, you, you kind of tire them out and you can kind of anticipate their behavior next to the boat. They'll kind of move their head around a little slower, really slow head shakes. You can bring them in pretty easy. You'll get a tarpon boat side, 
three and four different times. And on the fourth time, this fish will literally just go ape nuts. We'll just make a 180-degree turn, splash me. I have it on my video where yeah. I got this 70-pounder boat side. I thought he was kind of tiring out and just pretty much looked at me and said, nope, splashed me, completely soaked me and all my tackle on the kayak in a split second, turned 180 degrees, went airborne, jumped up behind my kayak, caught my line. I had another pogey hanging out behind me, caught my line, and hooked himself twice. So I'm fighting this tarpon now with two rods, and that's not something you want to happen. That's sheer pandemonium when you're trying to bring in your 70, 80-pound fish and your other rod is hooked to them too, and you can't, you can't deal with both things at the same time. You almost need to just cut it off. Um, but it's just be prepared for anything. You know, it's 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 a thrill ride. There's there's nothing that can compare to that. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. And you know what's interesting is we're, it seems now on social media that it is definitely tarpon time all around the state. I mean, I've been watching videos almost nonstop every day um, on Facebook from guys from, you know, the West coast and down South and up here and even a little bit North of us, the guys hooking and landing tarpon, whether they be smaller inshore tarpon or big ones off the beach. So it's definitely that time of year, the bait shows up, things get crazy. Um, but yeah, definitely go out there. If you guys get an opportunity to try it, <clears throat> I definitely hit up Justin. If you get a chance, like, as he just offered, shoot him a message, you know, give him a phone call, whatever. And, uh, Get you know, take advantage of the opportunity to fish with someone who's done it and knows what the heck it, knows what the heck they're doing. I know, Peppy, you you got to be dying to get offshore with that propel, huh? Peppy, still there? Did I lose him? No, hey, you hear me? Yep, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I had on mute, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm dying to get out there, man. Um. It's just one of those things, you know, um, need to find the right day. I'm sure sometime now in the summertime I'll get out there and try it. You know, I've done it in the boat. I've never done it in a kayak, you know. I've, I've never never caught a tarpon on a kayak before. I've never done it. So um, it's one of those things I've. it's definitely on my bucket list to do because, I mean, it's insane out of a boat hooking a 100-pound tarpon out of a boat. I can just yeah. imagine on a kayak. Oh my God! Just, <laughs> just yeah. that's insane. Well, and I mean, and the, and the stories that I've heard from other people, Justin. I don't know if it's happened to you when you've hooked them before like that, or you Chuck. But like some of the stories that I hear, like Alex. Remember Alex's story last year? They hooked the tarpon, had it on for I don't know how long. He had that thing on over an hour or so, fighting it. He ends up eight miles offshore or something like that. He talked about. And, yeah. and he had to come back in. It was like, oh, man. <laughs> That's why it's good to have a buddy with you just in case that kind of stuff happens, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely need – you can't be going out there solo. It's, you know, you could hook into an eight-foot bull shark, and then it's game over. He'll take you around wherever you want. So, um, yeah, you got you got to go out there. you got to have a good PFD uh, on you got to have um, your cell phone needs to be working or you need to have a VHF radio. Even if you can see the beach, there are rip currents. Alex posted about it. There are rip currents just past the breakers. And sometimes, you know, you'll get out in 30, 40 feet, and if you don't have pedals, you don't, you're losing arm strength paddling around, 
um, you're going to get pulled around somewhere, and you're not going to be able to make it back. Even even though it's shallow and you're close in, anything can happen out there. Um, I, hey, real, one thing real I was quick. Say, hey, hang yeah. on, just real quick, Justin. Uh, R. Lee in the uh, in the chat room there says, "I'll be down that way the weekend of the 21st, looking to do some fishing. Any recommendations? I'll be in Daytona. In Daytona, what's fishing in IRL or Mosquito Lagoon been like? Come on down for uh, the tournament, dude." <laughs> We've got the tournament yeah, going go on the 21st. Go to Cars Park oh, and yeah. uh, and come hang out with us and fish with us. You're more than welcome to to follow me around, Arlie, if you want to the day of the tournament. So uh, we should uh, just yeah, just give me shoot me a message or something on Facebook. We'll figure it out. What were you going to say, Justin? I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, just as a, uh, another another thing about about doing this, you can get on your tarpon a lot faster doing it from a kayak sometimes than you can from a boat. I was able to bring both fish in in 10 minutes or less. And it's it's just about having the right gear to do it and knowing how to put pressure on your fish the right way. You know, you hear in, in all the time in the summertime, don't ride out long fights with your big reds on the flat because, you know, low oxygen, you're going to have issues with um, reviving your fish both sides. You're going to lose a lot of fish that way. They're just They're just not going to make it. And tarpon are notorious for fighting until the death. So as excited as you might be the first time you hook up with a fish and you're like, oh, I would do anything to bring this fish both sides, don't ride out that fight, you know, for 45 minutes or over an hour. You know, it needs to be put the heat on that fish hard, be in control of that animal, get it both sides, grab the mouth, pop the leader out or remove the hook by hand and just let it swim free. You know, it's... There are a lot of tarpon out there, but, you know, the survival rate, if you're not on top of these fish, you know, there is a possibility that they're not going to make it. So it is a lot more rewarding to know you jumped a few and have them spit the hook or you brought one boat side and, you know, 20 minutes or less than having that glory of fighting the fish for 45 minutes just so you can get them beat dead tired next to the boat. Um, that's just the biggest thing i got to say. You know, you got to... Got to know that these guys are going to live to fight again another day. Yeah, you got to spend time with the fish, too. Uh, after you get him to the boat side, and if you feel like you can handle that fish, like he's not going to whoop your butt, you got you got a good grip on his mouth, and he's not struggling or nothing like that, that fish is, exa- is, is completely exhausted. So for those of us that have pedals, whether it be Hobie or Native, um, or if you're out there with a trolling motor, the best thing you can do for the fish, honestly, is just pedal your butt off and drag that thing along until he decides to swim off. That's one of the things that a lot of guys don't think about. Even though the fish swims away from you and you see him tail kick and you see him move off or he kind of shakes his head once and you kind of let him go and he's swimming away, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's, he's, he's good to go, you know, especially off our beaches. If that tarpon is, is the least bit lethargic, he's dinner. He's not going to last very long. All shiny and silver and stinky from from a fight. He's going to uh, yeah. he's going to attract some big sharks, and he'll end up getting uh, getting taken care of by oh Mr. Hammerhead or Mr. Bull Shark for sure. So they if are, you're out they there, they're giant. They're giant ladyfish. Everybody out there likes using ladyfish chunks and using a whole ladyfish for sharks. That's just a ladyfish on steroids. So, you know, there are some seven- and eight-foot sharks out there. You you may potentially see them in your kayak. Uh, 
So the threat is real, Se- for sure. Seven and eight foot sharks on the beach are small, dude. If you go up into the Canaveral Bight and you fish up there around the Canaveral Bight area, I have personally seen hammerhead sharks pushing 15 foot long. I mean, there's giant sharks that come in on our beach this time of year because of all those pogies. So, you know, seven and eight foot shark is a big shark, but it's the ones that you usually don't see that you got to worry about. And yeah. and don't the, spend the, a whole lot of stalkers. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't throw your feet over the side and sit there and and hero shot pictures with a with half a tarpon hanging out of the water. I mean, be 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 kind of smart about that too because. It's real, real simple for your little foot dangling in the water to be confused for something that it's not. And, you know, the last thing you need is to have your foot ripped off. I mean, I think that's what happened to that guy in Hawaii, that kayaker that was over there, was fishing with his feet dangling in the water, and I think it was a either a bull or a tiger shark took his foot off, and he ended up bleeding out. So, you know, just, just be mindful that when you're in the ocean, you are at the bottom of the food chain. And uh, when you when you're, as, as Justin said, when you're, Pulling up a giant pogey, which is basically a, a big tarpon, is a big herring. Then uh, you know, just just be mindful. There's things in there that eat those things. I mean, look at the the videos and stuff that they're, that are spread around the internet now that report about that uh, nine foot white shark that was eaten by something <laughs> across the uh, across the pond. So yeah, just just you know, keep that in the back of your mind. But it's definitely exciting. There's to me. I mean, there really is hardly anything that's as, as exciting as fishing off the beaches in your kayak. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, as, as Justin said, you really never know what you're going to catch out there. Um, you can hook a 40-pound a kingfish off the beach, or you can hook a, you know, bonita. Sometimes even sailfish this time of year will come in within 30, 40 foot of water to, to feed on the pogies. So, you know, it, stranger things have happened. I watched a guy one time, we were down at Cocoa Beach Pier, standing on the pier drinking and I watched a guy hook a sailfish off the pier. So, you know, you never know, you never know. It is the ocean. These things have tails and gills. They can go wherever the heck they want to. So, but, uh, yeah. And safety, like Justin said, always wear your PFD. Um, I, I personally like the, the, uh, the Hobie inflatable PFD. It's, um, and if you guys made it to the offshore fishing seminar that Andrew Mixon put on, he threw his, uh, he threw his PFD on for the entire day, um, for the entire seminar to show that it's very comfortable to wear. And I was just about to get to that, brother. Um, in the chat room, if you guys haven't been in the chat room or, you know, you didn't know about a chat room, we've got a chat room you can go into. See, there's a couple of guests in there. You guys can sign in with either your Facebook account or your Twitter account and join the festivities in the chat room. Uh, Andrew Mixon just posted up that the Extreme Kayak Fishing Tournament Series um, is the weekend of the 20th. Um, if you aren't fishing the cars event, come on down to, to Pompano. So there you go. I did not realize that. I thought it was the week after personally. So kind of bummed, but, uh, yeah, there you go. The extreme kayak fishing tournament. So that'll be the 20th, the weekend of the 20th, um, down there in Pompano. So check that out and, uh, follow Joe and all the craziness that goes on with the extreme kayak fishing tournament series. I have heard, I've never been to one of his events, but I have heard that they are a show. It's not just a captain's meeting. It's not just a tournament. It's like, it's like a, like a legit event to go down to and spend the day. So there you go. And then, uh, let me see real quick. I just had it pulled up. The 21st is, uh, the cars park redfish challenge hosted by 
Allen Ryland, of course, open to the public. Anybody who wants to fish it, contact um, Cars Park. Give uh, give them a shout, and they'll get you squared away. I think that the entry fee is forty bucks. Includes a catered barbecue lunch. Um, you can use a you can use a kayak, canoe, a sup. You can paddle, pedal, or push. Uh, waiting permitted if tethered to the vessel. So there you go. No no trolling motors. Don't bring them. You know you can fish wherever you want. You don't have to fish at Cars Park. So you know you you, you can come down to Cars Park for the captain's meeting and go fish wherever you've found some fish, as Peppy and I and the guys have found. <laughs> and then uh, there you go. And let's see what else. Anything else? What else is up? I don't. I don't know. Oh, uh, kind of kind of a stretch, but I think the IFA Jacksonville tournament is going to be that Sunday after the Cars Park tournament. So I don't know if anybody else is going to be heading out there to try their hand at it. But throwing it out there for anybody that that is wanting to do both or that lives a little further north, St. Augustine area, Daytona area. Are you yeah, doing it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it. I I tend to have good luck when I do double headers in tournaments back to back, so I'm just gonna go two for two and see what happens. It's gonna be more like uh me just kinda paddling around looking at stuff. <laughs> I haven't really fished inshore in a couple months, so it's gonna be more like, Oh, okay, there's a tail. Oh, I missed it. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> well just Justin get with me after Alan's tournament. If you decide you're going to drive up there and drive back to fish, yeah, for, you know, I, I that's that's the game plan is, uh, you know, do the cars tournament, hang out with everybody, see how everybody did, um, go out and do the captain's meeting, or have a friend kind of just wave and be my uh, be my stand-in for the meeting. Fish Sunday down here in local waters, and if we do well, go up and party, and if not, then I'll come out and hang out at the shop or something and bother you guys. Cool. Uh, the IFA in Jacksonville, just so everyone's aware, is a Hobie Worlds qualifier. So if you were to win the uh, Jacksonville event, you would earn yourself a seat on uh, on the USA team to fish over in Amsterdam, which oh can't hey. which can't can't suck at all. I'm just gonna hey. be honest, but. And what we heard, too, was that Hobie, there is a good possibility that Hobie could be picking up some of the costs. They are. They do. That's what they do. The travel. Hobie, Hobie, gives you, Hobie gives you some money towards the travel and, uh, and towards your room and board. And if you're smart and you win the tournament, you take your winnings and you apply that towards it, too. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, this year that's what they're doing. Um, they're going to they're gonna apply some money towards it. I talked to... Um, some folks that fished the last event that was a qualifier, and uh, they said the guy that won is going to get is going to get some of his his um, some of his uh, travel expenses paid for through Hobie, and then also too, yeah, you, if you utilize like Chris Flores when he won the IFA, he won like what twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So if you take that twenty five hundred bucks plus what Hobie does, there's your trip to uh, the Amsterdam to fish the uh, Hobie Worlds, which would be obviously a trip of a lifetime regardless of the species you're fishing for which i think over there they're fishing for don't quote me i think it's pike and 
um, a fish that looks very, very similar to a walleye, but not a walleye. Grenier, Grenier, some Zand, yeah, that's what it is, Zandar, Zander, that's what it is. So, oh yeah, very cool looking fish. Um, regardless of what it is, just like the Australian trip, they fish for brim, not like a not like a bluegill brim, but a different kind of brim. But um, I, I don't care if I was fishing for hardhead catfish. If you if I'm across the halfway across the world and I'm fishing for something different representing the, uh, the U.S., that'd be pretty awesome. So. Well, there you go. And one, and one more, and one more little plug about the IFA tournament. Also, the winner now for IFA will also receive a powerful micro anchor. What? Are you serious? Really? Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Word. It already got. It got announced. It already came out. If you look at the IFA uh, Facebook, their thing on Facebook uh, comes out that that uh, powerful has come out, um, giving the winner. A a micro anchor. That kind yeah. of sucks for Flores, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm actually oh, I'm my actually God, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking it up now to see what I could find on it. I'm actually looking it up now, but yeah, no worries. Um, I'm sure I'm sure I'll have him uh, I'll have him contact PowerPole and see if they'll yeah because I give him... I saw it I saw it like three or four days ago. I saw it and I go, whoa, look at this. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yep. So uh, came out the other day. Well, there you go. And then uh, also, real quick, uh, Andrew Mixon's doing an inshore seminar August the eighth, dissecting the flats at Orchid Island Bike and Kayak. Um, this will not be a Kayak 101 seminar. So there you go. You can go and listen to Andrew talk about dissecting the flats. And if you guys were able to make his offshore fishing seminar, then you will understand it. This guy is probably, not probably, this guy, hands down, is one of the best uh, speakers for a uh, seminar that I've ever had the pleasure of sitting through and watching. Um, there was a few times I took some mental notes during his, his speech about the offshore fishing. Um, him and Alex, Alex Garichke probably put on the two best uh, seminars I've, I've watched, so... You definitely want to make plans to go down to Orchid Island if you get a chance to watch that uh, seminar, for sure, August the 8th. <clears throat> and then I, I'm actually giving a, a, a talk for the Florida Fly Fishing Association, uh, which will be the crap, I'm going to forget to. I think it's the third the third Tuesday, I believe. Uh, I'll tell you guys next week. I think it's the third Tuesday of the month or third Thursday of the month, something like that. Um I'm doing it down at uh, Kay's Barbecue is where those guys have their meetings. So I'm going to be doing a little conversation about finding fish in dirty water. Um, it's open to anybody who wants to come on out, if you're a fly fisherman or not. From what I have been told through the club, that they don't just talk fly fishing. They also talk spinning and stuff like that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit of fly, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, I don't know, anybody else doing any seminars in there in the chat room? Justin, you got anything lined up, Peppy? Uh, I don't, uh, we're trying to work something out at Harry Goods Outdoor Shop, trying to work out a seminar over there that Alan and I um, trying to plan something out over there, but we don't have a set date yet. As soon as we have a date, um, I'll announce it. I'll announce when cool. we've got something going on. Cool. So we're working um, on that. All right, I'm going to try to work on something and see if I can't 
uh, for any of the Orlando guys or the Central Coast guys, see if I can't have a seminar um, here at Gaylord. I'm going to get a convention space available so I can accommodate a lot of people um, and just talk about patterns and tendencies to snow fish for seasonally. So summer patterns, fall patterns, and just kind of basic um, patterns for redfish, trout, and snook and things on the flats. So I'm going to work that out, and hopefully I'll have a date set and available for when we get into the doldrum of August and it's super, super hot and people aren't going out or just kind of taking it easy and want to do something different, then I'll have something available for people in the central Florida, Orlando area. But I'll let everybody know. Nice, nice. Cool. And see, we had Mr. Ricky Banks stop by real quick there in the chat room. I think he got bumped out. Not sure what that was about, but I'm sure he's still listening. Oh. <laughs> Hey, also, back to the thing, I actually did find it. The new micro anchor will be in addition to the $1,500 cash prize already guaranteed first place, in addition to the numerous contingency prizes available from IFA sponsors. So, yep. Wow. Yep. The Crazy. winner will get a micro. So, uh, uh, what, Chris was last, was he at last IFA? That, um, East that's Coast. the last one, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll do. I'm sure they'll do right by him. I mean, I, halfway, I through the, halfway through the halfway through the season, I mean, you you kind of it's kind of late to be throwing a, a huge prize like that into the mix. Anybody who who placed, you know, prior to or anybody who won prior to uh, them releasing that would be pretty bummed. I know I probably would, but um, real quick, folks, uh, a couple things, one, a few more things to get to real quick, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, I want to th- since Ricky's in there in the in the chat room. I want to thank Ricky Banks personally. Um, for those of you that don't know, Ricky Banks has been in and around the fishing industry for a long, long time. The guy is considered like Doctor Snook. Okay, I bet I would venture to say that few humans have ever even seen as many snook as Ricky has caught, and uh, including giants. I mean, absolute monster snook. The guy knows those fish like like nobody knows you know, another species, so, but, uh, Rick, what is that noise? I don't know what that is. Justin. That Justin? Yeah. But, Dad, I'm just listening. Spaz. spaz is spazzing out. <laughs> so, so, uh, Ricky, Ricky, uh, Ricky has done, uh, uh, some great things in this industry. He makes, he makes really, really good, uh, wooden plugs. He's now in the soft plastic market. Um, you've, if you've been in my store at KBB Outfitters, there's no way you could have missed the selection that I got of his stuff, along with other manufacturers as well. And the one thing about the one thing about uh, Ricky is uh, he he he's not one that gets. I don't know. He doesn't he he doesn't like. He never disrespects anybody else's brand. And in fact, I've seen him encourage people to buy other people's stuff while standing in my shop. So that's pretty awesome, man. But what Ricky and his wife have done is they've offered to uh, donate 10% of all proceeds of um, Ricky Banks lures through Kayaks by Bo, I mean, or KBB Outfitters, whatever, um, to the Mitochondrial Disease Foundation that uh, my wife and I um, follow. So because of Logan, my son. So if you guys didn't know, yeah, he's got mitochondrial disease. 
And Ricky and his wife came up to me and they offered to do that out of the goodness of their heart. And, you know, whether or not he's kicking himself in the butt now for having to write checks for 10% of what I'm selling, because we're crushing it right now with his, with his lures. But, uh, I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate that. And the fact that he's named a, a, a lure after my son, which was pretty awesome. And I, I actually, I got to talk to him too, because I got an idea for one to name after Logan to kind of go along with the, the deal there, but, uh, appreciate it, Ricky. You're the man. Thank you so much. Folks check out his website, post it up real quick, buddy. And, uh, and we'll plug the website and then find him on Facebook, uh, banks lures. Um, there you go. So you're a good dude. And, uh, I like good people, man. That's why I like all you guys. You guys are all good people. Justin spazzy and, um, peppy and everybody. So I, Real quick, too, I spoke to our buddy, Alan, and I told Alan that we kind of miss him. I'm like, kind of miss you, buddy. Kind of, you know, like to have you back on the show, like the Three Stooges, you know. And uh, he says as soon as uh, his daughter is done with uh, ballet, or is it ballet? No. What is it? Gymnastics. As soon as she's Gymnastics. done, he's in ballet. He's in ballet. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, as soon as as soon as she's done with gymnastics, that he'll be back on the show as a, as a full time uh, full time uh, host. So looking forward to that. Um, the website, real quick, for Ricky Banks is BanksLures dot com. Uh, I know Justin, you're throwing Ricky Banks stuff, and uh, I know Peppy, you've you've seen it. I don't know if you've thrown it yet. Um, I know that me and you are kind of partial to the Slayer Inc. stuff, but I'll tell you. It's uh it's a nice it's a nice trick to have in your bag, you know, when they're when they just don't seem to be eating anything that flat scraper's a good looking lure. So check them out and uh there you go. Send uh real quick send Christina don't forget to send Christina uh a message on, on the cars tournament or call her there at the shop. Don't forget if you register before Friday this week, then your name goes in a hat for a drawing and someone's going to win a Yeti uh, roadie 20 quart roadie before the tournament even starts. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Just to sign up to a tournament, you're going to get your name in a hat for a Yeti roadie, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think Richard and Yeti are the, I think the two, I think the two companies came together to donate that prize. If I'm, if I'm thinking correctly. So there you go. I'm not, I'm not sure. And 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 the other and the other thing about Allen's tournament too that we might want to say is um youth anglers. Any youth anglers that are fishing the tournament need to be there on Friday night for the captain's meeting. If they want yeah. a chance to win a boat, new Jackson kayak, they need to be there on Friday night. <laughs> right. We'll yeah, throw good, that up. Good call. There. Good call. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the prizes for the youth anglers that I'm donating from KBB Outfitters. Maybe we'll throw it up here. We'll make that decision tonight. How about that? Those of you that are in the chat room, help me make this decision. So one lucky youth angler could, could potentially walk away with a brand new fly combo from Reddington, an eight weight, four piece fly combo with line ready to go any case. And a Akuma Helios on a rod. So, do I give both of those prizes to the winner of the youth division? Give them like two combos for winning. 
which is they're both really nice combos. Or do we give one of those combos to the, the young man or woman who wins the boat to go along with the boat? And do we give one of those combos to the winner of the actual tournament? What do you think? I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if you I win a tournament, works. if you win a tournament in your kid in the youth division and you can walk away with two brand new combos in your hands, that would be pretty sweet. But if we, if we did, like, let's say we did the fly combo for the, for the win of the actual tournament and the spinning rod combo for, with the kayak or vice versa. I, I sort of think it like this way. I, the way I like it is they're youth. These are youth. These are all kids. We want them to. They're our future for fishing, the whole stuff and everything like that. What I think, this is me personally. Guy, whoever wins the whoever whatever kid wins the boat wins the boat. What and then as far as the other stuff about other prizes, you have one combo. First place youth gets to pick what combo they want. Then the next kid after that, whoever has the biggest fish after that, then they get the other combo. It's it's just a way to spread it out is what I think. I like I don't it. Know. That's, just that's what non-pro staff Murdoch just said in the in the chat room too. I like that idea. So what we'll do is first place kid gets to pick whether he wants a fly rod or he wants that Helios. Second place second place kid gets the uh, gets the latter of the two. That's, I think it's good. I think we get more youth involved that way. You know what I mean? You get them to have more chances. That's great. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. And we'll, I'm sure there'll be a few other little goodies we'll throw in there too. But that's, I definitely wanted to sponsor that youth division because, I mean, that's that's near and dear to my heart, you know, wanting to see more kids get into, into the sport. Which, uh, one more thing to get to real fast. There's a couple of uh, – kids that come into the shop that have that have started their own little fly tying clubs in their schools so some of you guys out there have kids that are going to school some of us they're really young and it doesn't make sense to try and get them to do that but uh um if you have kids that are older you know you know fifth sixth grade or middle school or high school and if they're local located here in central florida if they want to uh, get start up a little fly tying club or fishing club or whatever, and their school allows it, then have them contact me, and we, we would be more than happy to be a sponsor of their little club, in which we'll we'll get them a few things to start to play with through the different manufacturers we work with. Um, this is something I've been talking to a bunch of different manufacturers about, and everybody's on board to help out getting kids involved in the sport. So um, just Pass that along if you get a chance. We'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, there is, uh, there was a push there for a while. Tom and I were trying to get somewhat of a, of a pilot program going in the local high schools to have competitive kayak fishing in high, at the high school level. And we're not talking about something that needs to be incredibly expensive for a school to take on. We're talking about something where you can, you can do a fundraiser through the high school and even if we just got them something inexpensive like let's say a couple of pescadors from um from confluence that retail i think right around 450 or 500 bucks or even just some cheap pelicans anything to get these kids in the kayaks at an early age and let them get out there and and, and compete 
you can do it in like a uh, in a team phase where you have say maybe three uh, or three or four teams of three, depending upon how many kids will actually want to get involved in it. And they just they go on a rotation and fish like little mini tournaments on the weekends or something like that. Could be pretty cool, man. Could be a cool way to kind of get something started here in Florida. I mean, we've got kayaking weather 365 days out of the year, so we'll see how that how that turns out. But I'd like to see some people maybe push that. But uh, there you go. And, and Andrew Mixon says he'd love to be a guide for something like that. I think it's a great idea. And, and like I said, if you guys played sports at all in high school, I mean, I did, and uh, you understand the cost that goes into – outfitting an entire football team with pads and helmets and, and gear jerseys and everything else. This is, this is a drop in the bucket compared to something like that. Um, and it could be very beneficial could, could kickstart a lifetime's obsession for, for kids and keep them off the streets and get them out on the water, which Lord knows fishing probably saved me from going to prison <laughs> with the, <laughs> with the group of guys I used to run around with. So, um, yeah, there you go. So, Feel free, uh, shoot me a, an email if you have any questions, comments, concerns about the show or about any of the topics we spoke about tonight, redfishchuck at hotmail.com. Find me on Facebook, find Peppy on Facebook, shoot Justin a message if you want to join him on a uh, tarpon trip off the beach. Um, get a hold of Andrew Mixon if you guys are going down south and want to be guided by a uh, kayak guide down there on the inshore waters. Um, don't forget about our boy, Alex Garichke, who is not joining us tonight because he's on vacation in Georgia fishing for bass. It's got to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I know he's having a great time out there. I'm just messing with him. And uh, but check him out at Local Lines. I think it's locallines.com or locallinescharters.com or guideservice.com. Um, but you'll find him on Facebook at Local Lines or Alex Garichke. Same thing with uh, Uno Moss. Find Andrew Mixon on Facebook. I'm drawing this out, and I'm done. Justin? <laughs> yeah, Justin. I'll, I'll just keep it short. Um, I mean, I mean, I, what, are we, are we thinking sponsors? Is this the end of the show already? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's fast. Okay. It's 9.30. It's, uh, it's almost 9.30, dude. Yeah, we get away talking about cool stuff. I don't, I don't realize the time it is. <laughs> okay. Um, well, yeah, you know, everyone just want to go out and do some tarpon fishing. If you have questions, shoot me a message. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank everybody out there at KVB and you, Chuck, at the Outfitters. Um, thank Ricky Banks and all Banks Lures, Procure, and Tailing Toads. Because I like having my toads on when I grab tarpon by the mouth. Because it does not hurt. I like it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Justin, I appreciate your knowledge and wisdom and sharing it with the, the guests here. Feel free, man, any week to show up and uh, and do the same. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Pappy. Yes, sir. Okay, let me do this here quickly. Let me think. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No doubt, man, because you know how this is, man. i got to have a list in front of me for this thing, man. It's just... Don't, yeah. don't think you're by Pull yourself, out, you know? brother. i got Pull my iPhone. <laughs> my you got iPhone your iPhone has... ready, too. I do. My note that's... page is open. Listen, uh, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that's me, man. <laughs> yeah, congratulations on the newest sponsor. 
<laughs> I, I smelt the sweet smell of the smoke in which you were uh, bellowing from your facial area when we were fishing. Oh, man. Thanks a lot, man. Holy cow. You know what? You just said that. I didn't have it on my list, man. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> you, you owe me a cigar. Oh my gosh! I knew I knew I was looking at my list, but man, I'm doing something. Something's for, I'm forgetting something. And there it is. It's the newest sponsor. That's right, guys. That's, that's him, another we thing. We need to add him. We need to add him to the uh, sponsor list for the actual show. Oh man, I could do that, man. I could work on that. That's for sure. Make it make it happen. I could. <laughs> I could ahead, definitely buddy. work on that. I will. I will. All right. Let me thank uh, Native Watercraft, Powerpole, Aquabound. Paddles, Harry Goods Outdoor Shops, Larry Inc. Lures, Sea Deck, KDB Outfitters, Kayaks by Bill, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Tailing Toads, RCI Optics. Um, and I uh, also want to thank, like you said, Herrera Esteli Cigars, made by Drew Estates. Let me tell you, if you all are cigar smokers, let me tell you about the cigar. This cigar is probably one of the best cigars I've ever smoked. It was it was ranked by Cigar Aficionado as the number eight cigar in the world. Okay, this cigar is legit. It's the real deal. This 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 cigar here. So um, if I do have some extras or anything like that, sometime or another, you are a cigar smoker. I can find it in me to probably let you try one. All right. <laughs> so, so, so what Pepe's saying is he's going to be a lot more stingy with these new ones than he used to be with his older ones. <laughs> right? These things are good, man. Again, Herrera Esteli. That's the, that's the name. They're made by Drew Estate. So check them out. Check them out if you're a cigar smoker. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. Otherwise, if he doesn't decide to share, he'll just blow the smoke in your face. So, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that, man. You just shotgun. You just shotgun you a, a, a cigar. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. And of course, I'd like to thank Hobie Kayaks, RCI Optics, Tackle Webs, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, Ego Nets, Eno, Adventurous Custom Rods, Yak Gear, Railblazer, Power Pole, Slayer Ink Lures, Bending Branches Paddles. And Tova cameras and C deck, and uh, there you go. So, with that being said, folks, I appreciate you tuning in again to another edition of the Monday Night Kickoff Show. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. Don't forget to take a kid fishing. There you are, the future of our sport. And if, again, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, something you'd like to hear about on the show, feel free to shoot me a message on Facebook or shoot me an email. Redfishchuckathotmail.com. Like to hear from you hear where you're from so if you just get a chance do that anyway you know just shoot us a little message saying hey listening to you every week from blah 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 we're pretty much heard in all the states in the united states and i know that we are listened to by several different countries people in several different countries so i really appreciate the uh the support and this, i know peppy does and the guys who call in periodically throughout our time here and with that being said with two minutes left on the clock i am charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck, is signing out for this evening. Be safe and wear your PFDs. With that, you guys take it easy. We'll talk to you later. See you. Good night. Good night.